You don't have to have a gym membership to go to exercise. You don't have to have a special gears to exercise because it's a lot of things. You can literally get turn your favorite song or in your living room barefooted and dance for 20, 30 minutes. Hey, 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 welcome to the Hope In Show. This is the podcast that explores the power of holistic wellness and empower you with the tools and resources to become the best version of yourself. We use the wellness model that includes spirituality, mental health, physical health, financial well-being, relationship, occupational wellness, leisure, and fun. How does all these things come together to make us who we are and how can we live a balanced life? I'm your host, Mildred Diggs, and I'm excited to be on this life journey with you. Welcome to the Whole Bean Show. As you all know, we talk about holistic wellness. This is a show that actually empowers you to live a whole and balanced life. And today, our guest is somebody I've known for almost my entire life. <laughs> this is somebody I grew up with. We played together. We were playing with the rubber bands and the marbles <laughs> and being with the boys, you know? Yeah, this is somebody I, I can go on and on and on about it, but we know each other since our childhood and to see the work she's doing now is, you know, it's amazing. Today, our guest is Angel. Angel, when I say Angel, who are you? I mean, that's something I like to ask other guests because sometimes, you know, when you say, who are you? The first thing people go to is the accolades, right? And what they do and what they have accomplished. So when I say Angel Sawyer, who are you? Great question. Angel is a funny, loving, outgoing, expressive being. I just enjoy living, I guess, to put it in shortly. I enjoy living. I enjoy helping people. And I just enjoy being around like good human energy. So this is, that's why I do what I do, just to be around good soul, good people and helping others. So that's just a hint of who Angel is apart from what Angel does. So what does Angel do? I'm a personal trainer, fitness coach. And I'm an entrepreneur. So I run a business right now out in Seattle, um, an in-home personal fitness business that goes to people's homes and help them stay physically active. And it's really great. This idea came around when COVID happened. Um, mm-hmm. I used to work at different gyms. And we all, if we all remember, gyms and stuff took a huge hit during COVID time. So it was a good idea to kind of pivot. And also being trapped at home, you saw a lot of people like mental health just derailed or people are just losing it. Even if you have good mental health, being locked in the house for a month or two months is, mm-hmm. yeah, is, you know, it, it would drive anybody um, a little nuts. So that's around the time the idea came to me to take fitness to people and help empower them through that route and empower them through exercise empower them to move and help them live a long and healthy life. 
So how did you start into the whole fitness business? So I know growing up, like among our crew, you and I would consider like the tomboys, right? We were, we weren't doing the, <laughs> the typical girly girl stuff. We we're doing our own thing. So how did you get into this whole fitness uh, business? Good question. You know, always, was always pushing limits, right? Always pushing boundaries, mm-hmm. not living or like not doing the typical gender role things. Mm-hmm. And that always drove me to do more. It really started one for my love for sport. I think watching people play sports and watching how athletes or just anybody in the sports world empowers their mind to do what, the, to make the body do things. You see great athletes that training for hours on end and they really training for a competition that lasts probably like 15 seconds or maybe 40 minutes in some cases or in some cases in like a marathon lasts for hours but the training to put in don't match the event the event is just a little chunk you know mm-hmm. going through the motion of really training that mind understanding mind-body connection and see how we human can explore the limit of our body it's really what got me into it. So in college, I started, I was going for pre-med, first pre-dentistry, actually. Okay. <laughs> but then I realized, him my mouth was not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the inside of somebody's mouth when you said, no, thank you? <laughs> yeah, you know, we, I, we, I never got to that point. Um, uh-huh. But it was just, I think I read an article or something and you're talking about how him or the bacteria in people's mouth and how we it's <laughs> nastier than like the handrail on the escalator. You know, and sometimes, yeah, some of the article is a little, you know, far uh-huh, uh-huh. But then I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I really actually, industry is never something that, that stood up to me. It was um, the people around me that was what they wanted me to do mm-hmm. to make more money. And it's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's one of the medical field that you got a pretty decent life because you work a normal nine to five and mm-hmm. you're not in an ER or nothing. Yeah, and funny thing is my first class, because I also playing soccer and running track, I like legit filled all my f- classes my first semester. I was like, are you sure you can do this free med thing? Mm-hmm. Then I transitioned to physical therapy, but I had to take the same classes. <laughs> <laughs> So it was like, you know, I don't know why it made more sense when I switched to um, PT. Then I remember going in, in the PT office after practice and just talking to the uh, ladies that work in there. And everybody was really passionate about it. And I, they let me volunteer a few times in the PT office. And I was like, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. Fast forward, I realized I didn't want to do PT anymore because PT was more reactive medicine. And I wanted mm-hmm. to do more proactive things because I didn't want people to wait to get sick for mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. for me to do something or help them to do it. I wanted mm-hmm. to see how I can help them now and right. help them take control of their life and make these decisions mm-hmm. because doctors and nurses can help us to some extent, okay? But that's when we're sick. We have to do our part and uh, make healthy choices take responsibility for our mental and physical and spiritual health in order to help the doctor and nurses do their job. You know, you talk about something I want to go back to. You mentioned about proactive and PT was reactive, but you wanted to be proactive. 
And that's what this one of the reasons why I started this podcast, right? Because as a nurse at the bedside, I was doing that reactive medicine, right? People were getting sick and then I was treating it, which was great. You know, I, like I always said, I love what I did, but I always felt like I wanted to do more. What if I can prevent people from coming to see me, right? But people came to see me for things that, you know, if they just had the tools and the resources beforehand, they wouldn't have come to see me. And yes. for some reason, that always troubled me. And I, I, it felt like I needed to do more. I, I needed to give people that tools and resources, empower people um, so they don't have to come and see me unless they have to. Yes. You know, like in a situation where, I mean, God forbid, there is an accident, right? You have to come and see me. That I'm okay with you coming to see me, but like things that can be prevented, right? Like if you would just get up and move, it can prevent a whole lot of things. So growing up, we play soccer, right? Mm -hmm. You and I, we were always like playing, you know, playing soccer with the boys, but we were always moving, right? And another thing that I like to do is I dance. I think sometimes there is this misconception that in order to move, you have to go to a gym and work out, yeah. right? But people don't realize that you can move in so many different ways. The body wasn't meant to be still. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the misconception around physical activities and, and exercise. Okay, yeah. So one thing a lot of people don't don't understand is the difference between exercise and physical activities, right? So physical activity is a planned structure thing. Like you plan it, you structure it and whatnot. A physical activity is anything you do that moves, like gardening is physical activity. Like you said, dancing is physical activity. Dancing can also do be physical exercise because you got different level and different intention. If you can go to your hit uh, class, Zumba class. They got so many community classes that you can go to. Um, I think the idea that we have to, if we're not going to lifetime fitness or 24-hour fitness, and we don't have a gym bag on us in our Lululemon tights, and, you know, <laughs> we're not training. And mm-hmm. it's just like the goal of exercise literally just to live an active, holistic lifestyle. It's just to get you moving. It's not, you know, to be like, yeah, some people goals are different. If you want to get stronger and lift however many pounds you want to lift, that's perfect. But most people can barely get off the couch. And mm-hmm. physical activity and exercise will do that for you. Is You don't have to have a gym membership to go to exercise. You don't have to have a special gears to exercise because it's a lot of things you can literally Get turn your favorite song or in your living room barefooted and dance for 20, 30 minutes and get, and get a good workout. Oh, bring your mama, bring your <laughs> children, everybody, let's dance in the, the yeah. living room. You can play to have playtime with your kid. Um, even you can make it a family activity. You know, so many kids these days are on screens and behind stuff. And it's perfect. You can drive to the parks and see barely kids are outside, like you said, with outside playing. So it's like, you know, making a fun activity, even cooking together is a physical activity. You can do it as a family. Um, so one of the biggest myths is you don't need to set aside this particular time to exercise. Nine, if you are somebody that's very not motivated and you need to plan it out, please do. 
Like, please plan out your schedule and plan it out if that's how you operate. But it's a lot of little things you can do to live an active lifestyle. Like, I'm sure people tire of hearing, oh, take the stairs, park farther away. But all those little things literally just get you a few steps, which add to your overall steps goal and thereby increasing your heart health. So we don't need fancy gears for exercise. We don't need to pay for exercise. It's fun and it's free. So that's my biggest take on the huge myths about exercise. So I want to go back a little bit, right? Uh, because maybe people listening is like, what is the benefit of physical activity? What is the benefit of moving our body? How does it affect your overall health and well-being? Fantastic question. Exercise got so many benefits, and it's a long list of it. Besides having strong bones, better heart health, better circulation, better breathing, strong muscle endurance for you to run away from something bad. We all know how, how crazy things are. You might have to run, and you're going to have to run. You don't want to be so black. I, you know what I'm thinking right now? You said you're going to have to run. I'm just like the popo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That or you could be, you know, these days you can be in like a, a a shopping center. You might have to, you know, squat a little bit and duck under sure. something. You don't know. So it's it's so many benefits to exercise, like you know, lower blood pressure, for example. I know a lot of black folks ha- have a higher risk of hypertension. Just mm-hmm. walking alone can increase our blood flow and help us with circulation, and thereby lowering our blood pressure. I know some people got arthritis. One of the best cure for arthritis is actually moving in those joints so the joint can kind of lubricate itself so you reduce pain in the joints. And also the biggest one, mental health. Exercise really, really helps mental health. Um, it's a bunch of studies out there that, uh, that shows exercise help with depression and anxiety. And if it's paired with your medication, if you're on antidepressant and it's paired with it, your chances of actually reducing your your rate of depression and anxiety decrease dramatically. So exercise for your mental health is definitely important for me. That's one of the main things I use for my therapeutic thing is stress and de-stressing. The gym is like a sanctuary to me. I go there to calm down and relax after a long day. So. I think people should definitely hop on the benefit of exercise. It reduces heart disease. It, it has shown that in diabetes, type 2 diabetes, which is another big one in our society, exercise literally have shown to reverse diabetes, which is also prequel for a lot of other diseases that come along with it. So if you are type 2 diabetic, one of the best things you can do is start eating right and moving. You will see a drastic decrease in your uh, blood sugar, excuse me. And also, even some cancers, I think it's been like almost 13 different forms of cancers that exercise have shown to kind of lower the, the risk and the chances of that pair with healthy eating. So I'm listening to you, you know, I you said earlier, you know, been really an active person, never really, you know, sitting still. But a lot of people, there are a lot of barriers to, you know, moving especially with women, right? Sometimes we have the stress of caring for the family and Mm -hmm. we still have to work and 
there's so many things that, you know, stand in the way of, you know, being able to exercise. What are some other like barriers that people face and how can they overcome some of these challenges? You raise a good point because um, a lot of people do face barriers to being active. Uh, one of the biggest, one like you mentioned, I think it's lack of time. That's one of the biggest challenges for people. Another one is motivation. Some people just don't have motivation to work out. Another one would be lack of facility. Because some people don't have the green space, depending on what the neighborhood you live in. Some neighborhoods aren't safe for people to be out there and working. And the final one I would say would be the lack of knowledge and techniques, right? Some people are afraid of hurting themselves and they don't know where to start. And for all of them, for example, lack of barriers, I say, I know the people's schedule is busy and I know this, but I know people also got time in the day. One good exercise I like people to do is a time management exercise. How are you spending your time? You know, find 30 minutes in your day. It don't have to be 30 minute block. It can be 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes here. Get get your steps in in that 10 minutes if you're somebody that don't have time. If you can do two 15 minutes, that's great. You don't have to even do, all. you know, if you can do a daily, that's great. If you only got three days a week, set three days a week aside for like maybe a 25 minutes vigorous, you know, high intensity of training. So if you don't have five days, you can still do three days of 25 minutes thing. Another one is motivation. If you don't have motivation, set smart goals. Find a reason to do it. Because if you if you don't want to do it for you, do it for others. Because we are more likely to do stuff for others, right? So if your motivation is like, I just want to play with my kids, that's great. Then do it for your kids. So find a reason that you want to do it and set the goals. Self, small, realistic, measurable goal that you can achieve. Don't start and try to kind of hate a home run. All that would do is just frustrate you and you probably last worse than where you started. So start small, look in your community. There's so many free resources, find free classes. If you are somebody that's motivated in group or you are competitive, you can find free classes, join six-week challenges. There's so many free community resources that we can use. You might want to do a buddy, like, you know, tell your friends that you're starting a call or joining that you want to help them support. If you don't have access to a facility, which is another barrier, that is fine. Again, we talked about dancing in your living room. YouTube is a great resource. Look on YouTube. There are a few great trainers. Some of them, you know, a little while, some people know what they're talking about. So find what works for you, what you like. And YouTube, you can find a five-minute video all the way to probably a 90-minute video. You can find people talking about techniques. You can find people talking about forms, you know, everything. And I think YouTube, one reason I love it is because every, almost everything we have experienced, somebody got a course on YouTube for it. So use YouTube and say, I would say the same thing for knowledge. If you lack knowledge or you don't know where to start, a lot of gyms offer free trials or, or free intro session or free consultation. You know, take advantage of that. Again, community have free classes. Your local YMCA always have great deals or family memberships and all that. So find what works for you. And if you can't do it for yourself, 
do it for somebody else. So you mentioned about, you know, we're talking about the whole time thing. And there's two things I want to say uh, to that. So I started working out. Um, I had an injury. So for almost a whole year, I didn't do like plant workout, right? I didn't do any plant workout. But one of the things that I found out that when I came back to working out was that when I work out in the morning, right, I wake up 5 a.m. If I work out between 5.45 to 5.30, I'm more likely to do my workout that day versus when I wait at the end of the day. And, you know, for each person, it may be different. Some people mm-hmm. find it better if I come from work. I, I find it better that I'm able to work work out then uh, versus in the morning. So I think also what the time thing is, how bad do you want it? And how can you make time in your schedule? Do you Are you the kind of person who is willing to wake up that extra 30 minutes so you can get, you know, get your exercise in before you go by your day? Because I know it makes me feel better for the rest of the day. Or it's coming from work and then exercising does that better for you. But just we prioritize the things we want to prioritize. And you touched on another thing that I wanted to talk about. You talk about the gym, right? A lot of people stay away from the gym because it's scary. Yes. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I hate looking mm-hmm. stupid. And for some reason, the gyms, don't come with a lot of instruction to help me. And when you look like you don't know what you're doing, people start to stare at you, you know, at the gym and it's like, what is she doing? And I think that scares a lot of people away from the gym. So how can you like help people who want to, you know, go back and dip their toe into that, who maybe that have been the experience and now want to go back? How can people better? Great question. One thing I would say, this is some of the reason I'm finding we are, we developed the Andrew Fitz brand, right, to create a safe and inclusive uh, fitness space. Because I do hear that from a lot of people, women, men, everybody. Now, the gym can be a scary place. Because you look over, you see some big person probably doing some deadlift and they're pulling 500 pounds off the floor. And you look at your weight, you probably got five pounds in your head. Yes, that's very intimidating. But one thing I will say Yes, the gym seems intimidating. Some gyms are worse than others. But a lot of people are in there actually not watching. Like, people are in their own zone. Because when people come to the gym, like, for example, you go in the evening, you come from work. People just literally want to be left alone. I know in this world with social media and whatnot, everybody records. But uh-huh. ideally, everybody just want to be by themselves. So wait, 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 wait. You say all of that thing was in my head, but like... No, 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 no. It's not in your head, but ideally in the gym space, you know, a lot of people just go there. They just want to like de-stress. It's not everybody is not in there just watching and scoping out and, you know, and uh-huh. another thing is sometimes people do want to go up and say something if they see somebody doing it wrong. But they also don't want to step up to people and interrupt their workout. Or people might think you're making a pass at them. So that's another thing. So it's like, even if you're in the gym and see somebody doing something wrong, you might want to help them. But this person might not take it the way you intended it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, if the gym is not your place, Mm -hmm. boutique fitness, um, I know some Mm -hmm. of them tend to be a little cultish. What are those? I mean, boutique fitness will be like Soul Cycles, okay. Orange Theories, 
or um, just your smaller box gym that the whole class is and whatnot. But it's so each clubs are independently owned, like your CrossFit and whatnot. So mm-hmm. like you can find a local boutique fitness or local fitness mm-hmm. studio in your neighborhood that mm-hmm. offer more like a community size class, and you can attend that. The only thing, the only downside to that, sometimes classes are limited and unmatched people schedule but if you're somebody that don't like big gym one if you if that's the only thing you can afford i definitely say find time maybe when the gym is empty and get in there try to find another gym that's more friendly or maybe a smaller gym maybe also hire a virtual coach because now online you can you know get programs from virtual coaches you can get workout plans that you follow along and get five community classes because what the gym is a scary place. Another problem that people tend to have with working out is like, especially working out from home or not working out with a personal trainer, is that how do I know this is just a muscle stretching and, you know, getting used to this workout or have I actually injured myself? I think you mentioned that earlier about, you know, getting injured and, that's one of the things that really, you know, prevent people from working out. I, I know that before my son got muscular and taller than me, we used to pay, <laughs> we used to play football, right? And wh- while playing football, he pulled my arm behind my back. And that's why we stopped playing football. And I realized <laughs> that he was stronger now, so we can't do that anymore. <laughs> but he, he pulled my arm behind my back. And initially I thought, oh, it was just a stretch. Mm-hmm. And it turned out I had torn something in my shoulder and that actually you know prevent people from working out at home because they're not sure so how like can people prevent you know those injuries or how can they detect whether okay my body is just sore from the workout versus maybe i need to talk to the doctor about this okay one, one good point on one good mark that i use is you should be sore for 48 to 72 hours after a workout. If you are sore for longer than a week, I will talk to my doctor to make sure you didn't pull nothing or whatnot. Well, I did honestly to avoid all that. Even if somebody don't have money for a trainer or physical therapist, I would definitely say they should invest in one session with a trainer. For example, we offer of fitness assessment and that come with a health history detailed nutrition assessment and a biomechanical assessment so what the biomechanical assessment entails is we look at we look for imbalances in the individual okay we assess what when they you know the pressing overhead movement we assess the squat assessment we assess the lunge movement we just assess we, we aim to assess every activity that it do in the everyday life that might be causing imbalance or causing certain muscle to be overreact, overactive and other to be underactive. And after that, we'll give them a printout of what we think and what they should do. And the, the most important aspect of that, they have established a relationship with us. So they can reach out, reach out if they have questions and why not. Even if they're not training with us, if a person like, hey, coach, I got a question. I'm doing this movement. Is it right or wrong? We will still reach out to them. Be like, okay, that looked right, but I'll guess a few things I'll adjust. You are doing great. So I really, truly believe if you 
never had experience with exercise, or even if you did have experience with exercise, and it was, let's say, 10 years ago, or more than a decade, I definitely, before getting started, definitely talked to my medical provider. A lot of hospitals these days have exercise physiologists on staff that can sit down with you and go over and give you some tailored exercise prescription that will help you as far but if you have biomechanical issues it's definitely working with a uh, personal trainer or a strength coach or you can or even a physical therapist they will really help you and guide you and let you know activities to kind of help strengthen those muscles and another thing is when I, when people when we are training clients usually ask them this one of my favorite questions is what do you feel and where do you feel it? This is key for exercising. One, you want to feel it in the right muscles and you want to understand how you're feeling it. Do you feel like a strain or do it feel like a pull or do it feel like a freely moving motion? And really, that's when the mind-body connection comes, really paying attention to what's moving and what's not moving and what should be moving and what shouldn't be moving. So it's really, it's not just going through emotion and trying, and also making sure you, knowing your physical fitness status at the moment. If you never did an exercise class, I would not start up by going to my first local HIIT class because it's certain movement you have to work up to, you know, like, before you start, hit is almost like in a ramble, and it depends on the hit. Some hit classes is a lot of jumping up and down. Some of them will be slow tempo, but not a, a lot of jumping movement. But it can also really be repetitive on the joint. So if you are new to training or new to exercising, I definitely say try to get a well-qualified trainer, even if it's one or two sessions. Get in there, get an assessment done, try to get as detailed as analysis as you can. Try to get a printout of them and let them help you, give you a baseline for, for where to start. Well, that's really good because sometimes we'll do all these exercises and you talk about, you know, first starting up and going to the hit, you know, training. But sometimes people don't know where to even start, right? with exercise and um there are a lot of apps out there right now and mm -hmm. you mentioned youtube but if i don't have any experience with exercising i don't have any experience with moving right mm -hmm. how in the world am i supposed to go on youtube and know say hey okay maybe i need to start with stretches first or maybe i need to do aerobics you know like it can be a little overwhelming where to start and how to start because now like I have all these options and there are a whole lot of options, right? To True. exercise, but like, where do I start? Yes. One, my favorite one, start with walking. Okay. I think walking is one of the best underrated exercise activity because walking is easy. You don't need no specialized equipment except maybe a good shoes. You do need a good pair of shoes when you are walking. You bring up, you raise a solid point. So again, if you never had had experience with exercise and you decided to get started, I definitely say start with your local coach. Find free trials. Get on their free trials. Get on those. Capitalize on the 
free personal training sessions, capitalize on your local community seminar. A lot of community have free exercise resources, and you can even, you know, email the instructors, let them know I'm newly starting. The only problem with that, a lot of instructors don't give, you know, one-on-one attention if you are in a group class. But some of them are really willing to do that. I guess to answer your question, I would say if you can hire a trainer, you should. That would be the best way to help you get started uh, and the best professional way to help you get started. If that is not feasible for you, I will explore local resources. Um, reach out to some trainers on Instagram. A lot of trainers are responsive, the, the good ones. Another one, don't fall for the hype. I think a lot of things people see online. They see people doing these cool workouts and, uh, you know, sometimes hit is in style. If hit is the main thing, we all want to do the hit workout. If spin is in class, we all want to do a spin workout. Listen to your body. Know your body. Talk to your medical provider. Again, a lot of hospitals and clinics now nowadays have integrated health care. So they have a nutritionist on staff. They also got those exercise specialists or exercise physiology, as I mentioned. So if you're thinking about starting it and never did, I definitely will start talking to my medical provider. Let them, you know, give them options. And sometimes they mean you might need even clearance before you start physical activity. So definitely talking to your provider. If you can't afford a personal trainer, if you don't have class um, money for specialized gym, they're going to take the time to do all with you. Your medical provider, and so insurance will cover it too. So if you can go through your medical provider, let them refer you to an exercise specialist. You won't have to eat that fee. Your insurance will cover that fee and you still get the knowledge and exercise information that you need. So I think the best bet for that, I would definitely talk to my medical provider and they will help you get started if you can't afford a PT. You know, you, you bring up the point of a, um, of going through your insurance, right? I don't think a lot of people know that their insurance actually cover, you know, some of these things. Like I remember so my my insurance at the time covered working with a nutritionist. And even though the guy told me there was discipline, there was no reason I needed to be there. I'm just one of those people who utilize, if you said the service is for me, <laughs> that means yeah. I'm going to use it, right? But your insurance, um, like you were saying, do cover a lot of these services. And not a lot of people really utilize it, right? Yeah. And you should, because what happens is when you are unhealthy, your insurance actually wants you to use it. Because when you are unhealthy, guess what? They spend a whole lot more money, money, right? When you have that high blood pressure or diabetes or you're overweight, right? You lose a lot of money too, because not just in the money you pay for insurance or out-of-pocket costs, but also you miss work days, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I saw somewhere where there was an article that says people who are obese or overweight miss on average 3.8 days. That's like 3.8 days. It it may seem small, but that's three days of work that you could be making money. And we don't realize that when we are unhealthy, we are reducing our wealth building ability, right? That's one of the big 
thing. If you don't get healthy for any other reason, one of the reasons to be healthy is that in order to do this for a long run, uh, right? Uh, being healthy is one of your major ways you can, you can build wealth. Um, so people who are unmotivated, I know you talk about getting like a partner and, and stuff, but what are some things? Because sometimes people think you have to work out a whole hour. I know you mentioned working out 30 minutes, but when I got back into working out again, I started with five minutes and that may seem like small, but I started with five. When I go to the red five, I went to 10. And then I went to, I kept adding on the number where until I got to the point where, okay, I was comfortable doing 30 minutes of workout a day. So I think that's critical. People think that when you first start working out or when you haven't worked out in a long time and you come back, you need to go and hit that one hour or, you know, 30 mm-hmm. minutes or 45 minutes right away. From injury, one of the biggest things, one of the highest likelihood of re-injuring yourself is trying to ramp up that exercise activity too quickly because we think we can do it. And it's kind of like taking antibiotics, right? We take it to the point we start to feel better and then we stop. And what do our doctor always have to tell us? You can't stop halfway through it. You, you have to finish this dosage. And sometimes we treat it we treat exercise as that, right? We start and it feels good to feel good. Then it's like right when we get to that point or maybe we hit the goals we want to do. It's like, well, I'm done now. And that is the point we need to add different goals. And to your point about starting with five minutes, that's really great. That's a perfect example because one of the biggest thing that you listen to your body. You know, I can't do 10 minutes. So it's like even if you want to push it above that limit, if let's say you did push past that five minute and you did 10 right away, you might be so sore or so hurt the next day that now you got to take three or four days off, which may uh, derail your progress. The biggest thing is listening to your body. If you can do 30 minutes, like the American uh, Heart Association is a good place to start. They recommend like 150 activities minutes like moderate to intense activity a week or 75 minutes of vigorous activities. And you can break this down anyhow. My biggest thing about to people is just move as much as you can. Like, it don't mean because you work out in the morning for 30 minutes. I mean, you should sit, spend the rest of the 23 hours just sitting down and relaxing and eating junk. So it's that's like, not what it means. <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know because that's the thing. Right? I would be like, well, I already did my workout today. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that was 30 minutes. But it don't mean you get to the rest of the day. You just get to, you know, relax and not do nothing. Else. You're still going to be active. So even if you get your 10 minutes here, your 30 minutes, whatever your goal is, if you can move more, just move more. If you can't move at all, find something else that will help you. Because I know sometimes people that suffer depressive or anxious episode, it'd be so hard for them to move and they just don't want to get off the couch or whatnot. And if you are somebody that maybe you like game or something, you know, put a little game on that will help just to get that dopamine, you know, going. Um, If you got a VR headset, 
put your little VR headset on, do a little, you know, movement. The Wii is a good one. Whatever you can do, you know, just move. It, it, again, the goal of living a healthy, active life is just to move. And if you are moving, you are in good shape. You know, you talk about technology using the VR, using the Wii. I think technology is becoming an integral part of health and wellness today. What are some other ways that people can utilize technology to actually help with their physical health? I think technology is becoming, technology is taking over wellness, right? Because one of the biggest thing is your wearables, like Mm -hmm. your Apple watches. (laughs) Your Apple watches, it helps you track your fitness goal. Now you can see test the metabolic rates. You can see the chart. You can enter all your food in here. So now you can look, oh, I, I, I don't know how much food I'm eating. You can track all these things, or like virtual coaches. If you don't want to get out of the house, that's fine. You got coaches that can literally come to you in the comfort of your home. You got smart mirrors. And in, in the future, we're going to have probably more cheaper versions because I don't think mm-hmm. right now, those are mm-hmm. quite <laughs> quite mm-hmm. super affordable. Uh, with machine learning, I'm sure pretty soon we'll have a virtual AI trainer on our screen that's leading us through workouts. We talk about VR headsets. VR is really good. Right now, it's been using work for people with dementia or Alzheimer's to help with brain health. If you are, you know, somebody that can move, you can be in your chair, you can move your VR. And just different fitness platforms. You got different apps, free apps, like you got meditation apps out there. You got different spiritual apps, depending on what religion you practice. You have uh, mental health health apps out there. And just different things, again, to keep engaging, to keep people motivated to work out. So I think technology is definitely all. going to have an even more bigger role in future of health and wellness as we move forward because it's it only going to get better with now with the advancement of AI and all the different smart technology. So I, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. I know a lot of America suffer from sleep deficit, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I know... Uh, how does exercise, you know, plays a role in our sleep habit and being able to get that good quality of sleep? Great question. So the biggest thing is screens, right? Because we are also, lights are everywhere, so it kind of mess up our sleep pattern. So I think exercise one promotes, promotes stress relief. So we, when we are, at nighttime, we're not stressed out thinking about that task we left at work or the task that we need to do here or our to-do list for tomorrow. Exercises promote uh, stress relief, thereby helping with um, relaxation. Another thing is exercise will help improve your, uh, help regulate your circadian rhythm. So, like, that's our body internal clock. When you exercise regularly, your body kind of get consistent on the time, let us know when we are tired and when we are not tired and we feel more energized during the day. And at nighttime, we know to calm down and relax and we're not so alert all the time. 
And exercise almost also helps promote this sleep promoting hormone. So like melatonin, it, it, it increases melatonin level. So we actually get into deep REM sleep and we feel well rested when we wake up in the morning. That's what it's like me, on average, I, ha- I average about six to eight hours of sleep. I'm not so much like an eight hour sleeper. I'm more like a six to seven hours a night person. And every morning I wake up, I feel well rested. Now, when I'm eating like crap and I don't train, I notice the difference in my sleep pattern. Um, so that's just one benefit I notice by physical activity and sleep. It's really good. And th- please get more than six hours. For people listening out there, I, I know we say, well, you know, I'm not a night person. I, I'm a more like a nighttime person compared to a morning time person. Mm-hmm. I get some of my best sleep between the hours of 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. And so if you can, you know, go to bed before midnight, and get some quality REM sleep, I would definitely advise that. Well, Angel, thank you for coming on the show. I, I really do appreciate it. One um, thing I like to do before my guests leave is if, you know, the audience can take away three things from this episode. I know we talk a lot about different things um, surrounding fitness and physical activity, but if they can walk away with three things to put in their wellness bag that they can utilize, what would be that three things? Uh, one of the first thing is a healthy lifestyle starts with you. Like so living a healthy lifestyle starts with us. We are responsible for our choices. So really understanding that and make choices that promote your, your health instead of derail your health like make choices that impact you positively so whether it's spiritually mentally physically emotionally financially which is another portion we don't talk about whatever your choices are make choices that promote your overall health and the people around you another thing i want people to do is find social support it's hard to be by yourself. Some uh, your help joining can be difficult and can be a lonely role sometimes. So surround yourself around people that care about you, people that want to see you win, and adapt a healthy lifestyle. Some days you will not want to do it. Motivation comes and goes. So I'm not gonna lie to you and say, "Oh, it's gonna be easy." You know, to go to the gym every day, you're just gonna skip right in there. Nah, it's gonna suck. Some days, some workout would just be crappy. Oh, I know. But want know that it will make you feel better, and that mindset alone will get you through life. Because it's not just you don't you think you're building something physical, but you are literally building a healthy mental mindset. Because that will teach you, even when I'm uncomfortable in certain things or certain aspect in my life. I can still do it because I know I got me. So mm-hmm. really doing the dirty work because it translates to all the aspects of your life. Because if you can't do just a regularly 10-minute workout and you're going to complain or you're going to skip it, what else are you going to be skipping in your daily life? What else are you going to mm-hmm. be shoving underneath the rug? What else mm-hmm. are you going to be putting to the side and be like, oh, I just do it tomorrow. I just do it another time. Like you said, health mm-hmm. is wealth. 
if you are unhealthy, you're going to be broke. Like, it just, I don't care, you can be like the wealthiest person out there. If you are unhealthy, you are going to be broke because we all, we all know how the U.S. healthcare system is structured. It's yeah. not the best, so you're going to spend all your money on paying for medical bills and medical uh, supplies. So, again, you know, a healthy lifestyle starts with you. Surround yourself by, with good emotional, be supportive people. And health is wealth. Do it when, even when you don't want to do it because it pays off in the long run and adapt open growth mindset. The work will pay off in the long run. Absolutely. You can either pay for your health upfront, which oh, is yeah. cheaper, or you can pay for it later, which I can tell you from being at the bedside is a lot more costly, um, not just to your finances, but to you as a person, your livelihood, your being. It's your time, right? Because time is money. Mm-hmm. And so... It's more costly to pay later for your health than it is to pay upfront. Once again, thank you, Angel. If you are in the Seattle area, yeah, Seattle right? area. check out Angel Sawyer or Andrew Fitz. She's amazing and she can help you, you know, achieve that health and wellness goal that you may be working towards. Thanks, Angel, for being on the show. Once again, if you're in the Seattle area and you want to work with Angel, you can find her on andrewfitz.com. On our next episode, as you have heard so many of the guests talk about mental health being really the one of the foundational pillars um, of our whole health and being able to bring somebody who has a number of years of experience in helping people improve their mental health i think it's something you want to come back just to listen because our mental health plays a crucial role in almost every aspect of our lives so come back next episode we're gonna have victoria cooper as our guest I'm just looking forward for you guys to hear um, our conversation and how like how really rich it was Thanks for tuning into the whole bin show today we hope that you found value in today's episode and that it inspired you to live a more balanced and healthy life remember we're here to help you balance your mind nourish your body and elevate your spirit one episode at a time if you enjoyed the episode please go ahead and subscribe follow us on social media at journey underscore T-W-B-S. Journey is spelled J-O-U-R-N-I-Y. We know wellness is a journey, but we also know that it needs to be inclusive. That's why we spell journey with an I. So go ahead, follow us, subscribe, and leave us a feedback because that's how we know to produce content that will be valuable to you.